Welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. We are on a mission to equip people throughout the diocese to be missionary disciples. Hello and welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. I'm Liz and I'm here today with Brooke. How are you doing, Brooke? I am good. How are you? Good. I'm very good. And uh, we are back in studio with uh, Josh Danis from Alpha, uh, the national director of Alpha in the Catholic context. Well said, well done. Yes, okay, very good. So we just want to pick up kind of on our previous conversation, Josh, and just kind of dive in a little bit more about like, you know, Alpha, what are we we doing with it and why, and how can it be helpful to our church now? Yeah, you know, for us, this season of COVID was, of course, like everyone, it was a painful season, but also it was a really encouraging season because it gave us a new starting point and it gave us the freedom and the time to ask some bigger questions about what is it we want to be? Who is it we're striving to become as church? What does success really look like? So in the backdrop of COVID and changes in the church and changes in the, the uh, parish structure of our local dioceses, uh, this has been a, a really helpful time to kind of just take a step back and ask bigger questions. And one of the bigger questions, before we go any further, let's do a little quick prayer. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. Do you want to lead? All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and we seek your inspiration. We desire that our hearts might be fully in line with your will and your plans for us. And so as we look to this time of the church that we get to be a part of, that we get to be on the edge of as the 21st century here. We ask you to bless us and give us clarity of vision, clarity of focus, that the work that we might do might be fully in line with your plans and might be a blessing to the 22nd century church that will one day inherit from us the next season of the life of the gospel. And bless this time of conversation, uh, each of your listeners, that they might get some new insight and clarity for this day on the call you have for them. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, yeah. So since you're the national director, um, what would you say, you know, in the diocese throughout the U.S. um, and beyond, if you have, you know, um, other stuff to add, but like, what are the questions? What are the needs? Where do you see um, the focus kind of shifting post-COVID or now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in... 2020, January 2020, so just two months before COVID came to our shores in, in a, a flow, in a abundance, uh, we had a conference, and we had some time of prayer and praise and worship together, and we were praying, and somebody said that they received a word that they really thought was for our staff, mm-hmm. and the word that they received was, a tsunami is coming to the United States. And there was this long pause, and we all got really excited because we thought, oh, this is going to be fantastic. It means new opportunity and new grace. and new. Well, that was not the kind of tsunami that we got. Uh, two months later, there was just chaos, and we had to close all of our churches for a short time, and we had to re-envision what it looks like in this season. And uh, kind of funny thing happens when you have a tsunami. Before the tsunami comes, before the wave of the tsunami comes, there's this moment when all the water actually goes out miles from shore. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the muck and the mire and the trash and the, the seaweed and the, the gunk on the, bottom of the sh- on the bottom of the sand, on the, the, the beach, because all the water's gone before it all comes rushing back in. 
And so a buddy of mine, Jordan Berry, actually said, you know, guys, I think that we're actually not experiencing the wave yet. We're experiencing everything being revealed. Mm-hmm. And so all the shortcomings and the struggles and the challenges uh, that we're going through are kind of a cleansing opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. And to, to continue with that analogy, if you will, of a, a wave coming through, uh, after a wave comes through, everything's kind of pushed back to the, the bare studs, to the bare bones. And we experienced that in our churches, all these churches that had 137 different ministries. They had to go back to about five during the season of COVID. Mm-hmm. And now that we're, we're beginning to come out of COVID and rebuild post-COVID, a lot of those ministries are kind of starting to come back. But we're in this restructuring, this reconstructive process. And we have an opportunity right now to decide, are, how are we going to build back? Are we just going to build it exactly the way it was before? Or are we going to listen to the, the loudest voices, the squeakiest wheels in our communities? Or are we really going to take some time to prayerfully discern together what does the best case scenario of the structures and the ministries, and again, I'm not talking about changing doctrine or dogma, but the structures and the ministries of how we do the work of the kingdom in our parishes. Yeah, that honestly, I think your analogy just now really like struck me and made me just have a conviction of like, you know, in the Old Testament, every time there was some sort of tragedy with the Jewish people. It was really God saying, pay attention to me. I'm your God. Look at me. And I feel like with COVID, as terrible as it was, as always, Christ takes it and uses these things for good. And he's saying, look at me. I'm I'm the focus of this. What in your church, you know, in your parish points to me and leads people to me. I think that's kind of where we need to go. And Mm. that kind of just, when you were talking about the tsunami, I was like, oh, that makes (laughs) everything come together. (laughs) Amen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You you mentioned the Old Testament. Uh, Last spring, I had the opportunity to go and host a series of retreats in your sister diocese just down the street in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And we hosted a series of... They sent us a great bishop. Yeah, (laughs) yes, they did. Yeah. I got to actually uh, see him there while he was still Father Earl Fernandez, right before he became Bishop Earl Fernandez. And uh, we hosted these series of retreats called A God Who Hears His People. The inspiration for these retreats was from Ezra and Nehemiah, the, the rebuilding of the new temple. And, you know, it's a moment where that the some of the elderly have come back to the Holy Land and a lot of young people have come to the Holy Land from exile and they see the, the temple and they recognize it's, it's not what it was. Or they see this, the wall of the temple, they begin the work of building it. And there's there's sadness about what's been lost. But there's also hope about what might be for the future. And I really think that's a profound image for the season we're in right now. We need to create the space for people to grieve what's been lost. And, and as Columbus enters into its seasons of change and, and reorientation and, and restructuring where needed, uh, there's going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be people who are hurting from what has been lost. And we need to create the space to honor that grief that they're going to have. But then there's also going to be new opportunity and, and new chances to build new things and have a, a bigger, bolder, more robust vision for what the work of the kingdom might be for the Catholic Church here in Columbus. And so taking that time as well to envision that and dream together in conversation and in prayer for what God might have in mind. Yeah, I love that. I mean, so you kind of brought it up a little bit, but so many dioceses right now are going through restructuring, you know, because of um, 
lower amounts of priests and you know things like that and and so we're not you know we're, we're, we're right in the midst of that we're, we're calling that our real presence real future um, initiative that's going on and um, recently our parishes have received their third draft models um, which most of those will probably end up being the final draft models we're waiting on mm. bishop to have time to discern and um, you know and kind of make final decisions there but um by Pentecost of this year is what we're hearing. We'll we'll know kind of what's going to happen to our parishes by then. And mm. I feel like we are in a place right now um, where it's really important to fortify the people of this diocese. Um, yeah. Because we are so attached to things that, you know, our churches, our buildings, places we were married, places our children's receive their first sacraments, you know, just so many memories and so many core experiences that happened in those churches. And and to look at someone and say, now your church might have to close. I mean, that is serious grieving that, that people will have to go through. Um, and I think Alpha can play a big, a big role in that, opening up space for conversation. I know that's a really big part of Alpha is, is just a place for conversation where people can say what mm. they're feeling and, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so listening is one of our key values, and, and my hope would be that in the same way that the the process of Alpha, the, the, the tool of Alpha, creates conversation to listen to and bless and pour into those who do not yet know Jesus in order that they might come to encounter him, mm-hmm. my hope would be that in the same way, we as the, the local church can create spaces of listening and conversation uh, like, like the conference that we're going to be participating in next week or this weekend, um, and also at the local parish uh, for people not just to grieve and, and, and bicker and, and complain, um, but to, to really bring forth what's in their heart and then to give it over to God, mm-hmm. to bring forth what's in their heart and then say, okay, Holy Spirit, come and be present with me in this frustration, in this fear, and then give me something better. Give me a new heart and a new passion. And, and I... I really hope that when we take especially that combination of spaces for listening and deep dependence on the Holy Spirit, intercession to the Holy Spirit, that he might not only give us new vision and new passion and new clarity, but that he might give us a new confidence as brothers and sisters to move in the same directions together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, COVID especially helped us all grow or helped us fight um, trust and surrender. I think God called us all to such a deep trust and surrender because as a world, we were in a place where we really don't have a lot of control over what is going on, you know, as this virus made its way, you know, around. And um, I, I think we put up facades of control. We think we're in control of so many things. Um, but when we surrender that, to the Holy Spirit and just say, Lord, you know, I surrender and I trust that yeah. you're going to show us a way through this. And he did. And, you know, we've all learned to adapt and change in different ways. Um, and I think um, I think the same will be true as, as our parishes go through these changes, you know. Um, mm. I think one thing that's going on right now at my own parish, it's just a great story, so I'll just share it. Um, I had a meeting, one of my roles here in the diocese is to have parish toolkit meetings, and I go out and I meet with pastors and their leadership teams, and we um, we talk about plans for their parish, strategic disciple-making, and, and what that looks like. Um, and this one particular parish said, you know, we're interested in running 
alpha or the rescue project or both. Um, Mm. But we need a little bit of support and mentorship, as we talked about in our previous podcast. And so I said, well, you're not that far down the road from us. We're going to run one in September. Come on over. We'll do it together. We'll show you what to do and, you know, give you our best advice and and model it for you. And you can experience it. And then um, you'll be ready to go do your own. Mm. So that seemed reasonable to pastor and team. And they all began to sign up. And then in July, we received round three of the draft models. And unbeknownst to all of us, our two parishes are recommended to merge. No kidding. And there so, you go. Yeah. And so now every week, we're, we're on week 10 today. Um, every week for the last 11 weeks, we've come together as two separate parishes. But um, we're together at tables. The first week, I let everybody sit a little bit segregated. And people kind of stayed with their own parish. And then by the second and third week, we transitioned into let's mix this up a little bit so that our tables going forward are kind of some people from each parish. And mm. then we also have in the midst of that, our RCIA team for this year. So Mm. we have our, you know, people on the path of becoming Catholic have joined us. And then we have the friends of friends who've been invited by other people. So it's a really amazing mix of of people coming together every week. It's beautiful. And there is no agenda other than we're letting the Holy Spirit work and we're letting people meet each other and we're developing community together. That's fantastic. Um, And I think as we move forward with whatever you know, this merger looks like this will only benefit us this time we're spending together and just allowing the spirit to work um, in the midst. And so, and so that's kind of something, you know, that we can kind of offer to our parishes throughout the diocese. Um, I think Alpha has served this diocese in a number of different ways over the years. And I see maybe some movement in that direction as we go forward with this, that, that Alpha can be there. Well, and another thing that you bring up, because you're right, this can't just be about the, the grief. It's very important that we honor it and that we seek healing, uh, but it can't just be about the grief. We also have to look where are the signs of hope mm-hmm. and the opportunity that, that was created for you guys is a great sign of hope. Another great sign of hope that I've seen is the young people. This is a moment where we get to lean in and invest in the leadership of young people and actually pour into them and empower them to go forth and, and live the gospel and be the salt and light that the world needs. Uh, Gen Z, and actually younger than that now, about 12 and under, is called Gen Alpha. I know, I love that. Isn't that great? We, we didn't have anything to do with that, but we're going to take it. It's yeah. fantastic. We're encouraged. Um, this is a time, you know, they don't have a lot of the the, the weight and the, the pain associated with a season of transition. Mm-hmm. For them, this is this is just something new and it is what it is. And so I, I love that as we kind of rebuild out our structures and we, we rebuild out what does it look like to do ministry in this new time, we have a chance to establish young people, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds as leaders mm-hmm. in the church. And they have access and they have abilities that we don't have. And so let's, let's take advantage of that. Let's, let's fully integrate them into the life of the parish. Let's hand them responsibilities to run things like Alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, one thing COVID did really was obviously push us out of our comfort zone, but teach us that everything doesn't always have to stay the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said earlier, ministries, you know, we went from a whole bunch to just a couple, and, you know, now you have to discern what needs to come back and, and what maybe wasn't working and should change and i know even with um real presence real future and in parishes possibly closing and people being very frustrated about that it's important to see that 
you know, God's trying to give us a moment to say, but was that really bringing more people to me? Mm. Was your ministry for you mm. or was it for me? Yeah. Can I, can I make a comment about that? So um, I always want to be positive. I always want to be encouraging. I always want to look for the good, uh, whatever is good, worthy, pleasing, uh, worthy of praise. Think on such things. Speak on such things. Um, but I do want to... This, I, I apologize to any of our listeners if this is your passion point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we can have a conversation about it. But there's one thing that I just don't care for, and that is ministry fairs. Over the years, we've had ministry fairs that are kind of set up, you know, we got the little booths and the little tables, and everybody goes around and, and advocates for why you should get involved in their ministry. I think instead of ministry fairs, we should have discernment of gift fairs. Amen. So in Alpha, we have guests become helpers, helpers become hosts, hosts become key leaders, key leaders become administrators, administrators get out of Alpha, and they go do something else to bless the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And so we have this leadership pipeline. Ideally, I would love one of the new things that we create, since we've lost all these ministries anyway, rather than building up a whole bunch of new ministries and finding warm bodies to fill them, let's take some time and only build out what is needed for the specific giftings mm-hmm. that people have. And by the way, sometimes they don't even need a formal ministry in the church to go do what God has made them to do. So if we can kind of shift the focus from creating uh, ministries to creating ministers, I think that would be really beneficial for our church in the long run. I mean, I think you're right on track because, uh, you know, with all of the strategic planning and forming missionary disciples, that's exactly the direction we're heading in with all of this. It's not about the warm bodies in the ministry. It's it's creating missionary disciples who are out creating other missionary disciples and they're on fire for the mission of the gospel and they want to spread that to other people. And and sure, some things happen happen inside of a church building but so much of the work has to happen outside of the church building. And so just yes. shifting the focus of like, we're not just a little club of a church right here. We are people on mission who are going out to others and bringing them to Christ. And that really is the heart of everything. And you know, our new bishop, his two main goals for this diocese, he continues to say, are evangelization and increase in vocations. Amen. So everything that we're doing has to support that. Yeah, um, love that. And, you know, this is a big part of it. I think one of the biggest benefits of running an alpha that I didn't expect was how many people would be wanting to serve in a different way. Awesome. And that shift. You know, when you talk about hospitality at the parish, we're creating hospitality teams and they're people that have come through alpha. When we have sponsors walking with people through our marriage mentorship programs and our RCIA programs, they're people coming through Alpha. When we're mm. setting people into, you know, their next thing, it's been a pipeline. Good. Um, and and our next big goal is to take people from Alpha to Rescue Project to Evangelical Catholics Reach More Program. And, mm. and it is a pipeline directly into mm. personal apostolate ministry and going out into the world. So we really appreciate Alpha's role in that. And Josh, we really appreciate your time together. And um, any last words for our listeners today? Yeah, thank you. By the way, I love Evangelical Catholic. We've been doing a lot of work with them lately. Uh, Beautiful system that they've created, and we kind of see a synthesis Mm -hmm. of of making up for each other's weaknesses and leaning into each other's strengths. Um, But I guess I'd say, as we we look to this season of rebuilding, um, I'm reminded of that old line from the Field of Dreams, if we build it, they will come. I think that we're being invited in this season to flip that on its head. If we go out to them, 
they will encounter Jesus. Yes. So if, if we ground ourselves in relationship with Jesus Christ, if we seek through the guidance of the Holy Spirit to develop the fruit of the Spirit, then we can bring the presence of Christ and the spiritual attraction of Christ to those around us. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. Thank you, Josh. We appreciate you so much for being with us today, and we're excited to have you back in the future. Thank you. God bless, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory.